0: So this is an interview I conducted with Shar Kafi of the Jakarta Post, also known as KUKA. It's a discussion we had about the protests uh, throughout Indonesia and West Papua, but um, focuses primarily on West Papua and the events uh, in Jakarta, even though the protests are uh, wider scale. We talked about the role of the Indonesian military in policing these protests, the demands of the protesters, the demographics of the protesters, and in general, Kuka was very helpful in painting us a better picture of what's going on. And it's, I think, very interesting to look at uh, the current president of Indonesia, Jokowi, who um, was re-elected and uh, in many parts of Indonesia is still quite popular but trying to analyze why a political figure who was seen as being a savior or being someone who would very much continue the project of making Indonesia more democratic uh, has resorted to tactics or tried to introduce governmental reforms that strike many of the protesters and inspire many of the protesters in a negative way because they seem so undemocratic. So this contradiction of the figure once seen as an icon for Indonesia's future has been introducing um, bills, laws, and governmental reforms along with sanctioning or Uh, initiating uh, military and policing tactics that seem very uh, very much in, in tension with his image, and so exploring Jokowi as well is one of the themes of our chat. If you like what we're doing, trying to paint a more complex picture of Asia and trying to introduce travelers to some of the most interesting artists, thinkers, journalists, and academics, you can support us by recommending the podcast sharing it on social media or you can get in touch with me Um, I can be reached by email at matt at and for our tours adventures and activities that we arrange in Asia for curious travelers check out asiaarttours.com all right here's our chat with Kuka or Kare Sar Coffee of the Jakarta Post I hope you enjoy
1: But you can. uh, My full name is Karisarkafi. I'm a reporter with the Jakarta Post. I am a reporter at the National Desk covering most uh, national issues.
0: So let's center West Papua. We don't need the full historical rundown. I think we have uh, here, we've done two good interviews about that with your colleague Karina and also with uh, Benny Wenda's office. But you had mentioned uh, the protesters slowing down. So, what what's going on currently in West Papua? And then we're going to turn our attention to Jakarta.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it's uh, yeah. I was I was quite confused. I mean, it, it's 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 kind of complicated. But I I would start my explanation on August 16, where. In Surabaya and Malang, uh, those are two towns in East Java Java province, Uh, there are incidents of uh, racial slurs and uh, discriminatory acts against Papuan students studying in those towns. Uh, As you know that uh, August 17 is the Indonesian Independence Day, so most people are required to wave the red and white flag but there are some mass organizations and later uh, authorities uh, accuse these papuan students of uh, rejecting or declining to wave the uh, the the flag the red and white flag and uh, this incident was covered much uh, in in media uh, it is also posted uh, it was also posted in social media, so it became viral. And around three days, ago, uh, three days later, uh, on August 19th, some protests broke out in several cities in West Papua and Papua province. Those are two provinces in Papua Island. Uh, the protest uh, protesters uh, on that day demanded uh, authorities and... Uh, simply, uh, most Indonesian people to stop being uh, discriminative uh, against Papuan peoples uh, across the country. Uh, the protest actually uh, ended in some clashes with, uh, wait, uh, I think it's in Manokwari, the provincial capital of West Papua. Uh, some protesters even burned the building of. Uh, regional council, uh, the DPRD as we call it uh, in Indonesia. Uh, And the the protests as well uh, as the riots spread uh, not only on major cities in Papuans, uh, but also in small cities like uh, in uh, wait, I think it's in Jayapura where uh, people living in mountain, because we still have these indigenous communities living uh, on the mountain, they uh, went to the town and protest against the discrimination. Uh, <clears throat> I think the narrative was, uh, grew. Uh, so more people uh, talked about uh, the independence, the Papuan independence, uh but the the the, the wave of protest actually uh, slowed down a bit uh, when president jokowi or jokowi Dodo uh met with some papuan figures at the state palace uh after that after that meeting uh i believe that uh, the situation was calming down uh, for a bit until uh last monday uh, it's on september 22 i think uh because in Wamena and other city in, in Papua uh, uh, Small uh I think it's small protest uh, at first. Uh, protests, uh more protests broke out because of an allegation of uh, non papuan indigenous people uh who was working as a teacher called a Papua student with uh, with racial slurs. Uh and this uh, sparked uh, protests, which later became uh, riots and uh, clashes with security forces. And after that, uh, the the situation in Wamena actually uh, it became uh, the tension was quite high, and uh, the situation escalated to uh, more uh, riots and clashes between even uh, from our recent reportings from Papua uh, we believe that uh, there are uh, clashes between uh, papuan uh, indigenous people uh, people who born and live in papua for a long time and their non uh, Non-indigenous counterparts, uh, people who actually coming from other parts of the country and settled there for a long time. Uh, it is also believed that <clears throat> a doctor from uh, Central Java who has been working for years in Wamena uh, was killed in one of the uh, in one of the clashes. Uh, yeah, it it. Later sparked uh, so many speculations and claims uh, that leads to uh, almost thousands of people display, uh, displaced from their homes and fleeing the, the, the island. With more than 30, uh, 30 people are believed uh, dead. We also uh, saw that houses uh, torch during the clashes. Uh, but yeah the uh, recently in in the last 2 days i think uh, the situation is calming down for now uh, because uh, the protests and the clashes uh, are uh, not continuing but we believe uh, this is the, this is only the beginning of uh, what can turn into a, a worse crisis because uh, thousands of people coming, uh, originating from uh, from outside Papua, uh, requested to be uh, to be moved uh, to their uh, hometown. Uh, they 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 were trying to flee uh, from Papua.
0: So we're gonna come back to Papua, but I want to do some compare contrast with uh, Jakarta. Um, So I think in order to ask the questions I'd like to ask about West Papua, we'll need to also uh, connect them to or compare them with Jakarta. So can you do the same breakdown you just did for West Papua with Jakarta, what's been happening there with the student protests?
1: Basically September was was the last month for the lawmakers at the House of Representatives uh, because... uh, Today, on October 1, uh, the new lawmaker who were elected uh, during the election in April uh, was uh, inaugurated. So, uh, throughout September, uh, the House lawmakers actually rushed the deliberation of some uh, bills. Uh, some of them are, were actually controversial, such as the Criminal Code Bill, uh, and a revision for the uh, uh, law for the corruption agency in Indonesia. We call it the Corruption Eradication Commission or the KPK. Um, because um, the lawmakers, I think, in deliberating these bills uh, with, with the government, uh, they tried uh, in, in the criminal code bill, they tried to include some uh, controversial uh, provisions, such as uh, uh, the, the the students and the activists believe that the if this criminal code bill uh, is passed, uh, they uh, the authorities can make crimes out of freedom of speech, uh, LGBT rights, and sexual reproduction uh, education uh, rights because uh, there are some articles in the bills that uh, that will punish people who uh wait attacking the dignity of the president or vice president and uh, and they can also punish people from publishing and broadcasting materials that contain insults against the legitimate government uh, many believe that uh, this Provisions can can be used by authorities later uh, to punish more people who posted uh, some I don't know jokes perhaps or critic uh, criticisms in social medias or even journalists because you know journalists can uh, uh, can be a critic to the government uh, so. Uh, And for the KPK uh, law, uh, the House actually passed a revision to this law after a speedy deliberation of only two weeks. Uh, The revision is believed to strip the corruption agency uh, authority, uh, strip the uh, corruption agency of its independence because uh, the revision will ...mandate uh, the establishment of a superf- supervisory body, uh, and, the con- uh, and the agency itself will be turned into a government agency... ...because the KPK, uh, until now, they uh, act as an independent body. Uh, so, many believe that this will uh, threaten the, uh, the freedom of speech... Uh, as well as the corruption, uh, anti-corruption campaign in the country. So, uh, I think it started on, uh, I think it's around September, yeah, it, it, it is uh, around the same time with the Papua protest. I think it's uh, on September 22, where uh, university students uh, take to the streets to protest against the government, and the House of Representatives, um, to pro- uh, to uh, asking both institutions to reject the these controversial bills and laws. And they are actually followed by uh, other people such as uh, activists, environmentalists, and also workers. Uh, we are quite surprised because these protests. Uh, but judging by the size of the protesters uh, involved um, on on the first days of protests, was larger compared to the student protests in 1998 uh, that year uh, students uh, when marching to protest uh, suharto and his new order authoritarian regime and f- Eventually, uh, they brought the president down uh, and he was later replaced by his vice president. Uh, so yeah uh, they were protesting about the their main point of their demands is actually the about the bills and the law
0: mm-hmm. and when we are looking at the response, um, from the Indonesian state. Um, can you talk about through the reporting of uh, that's happened in West Papua? Um, so, what you know or what you can say with confidence, what has been the response of the Indonesian state in West Papua and in Jakarta? And how has there been uh, a difference in the um, intensity or degree of violence? Um, depending on if you're a protester in West Papua or if you're a protester in Jakarta. What are the police tactics look like? What has the response of the state been in terms of uh, if it's willing to negotiate? And how does that differ depending on where you are in Indonesia at the moment?
1: Okay, so um, because uh, the Indonesian government... Has been seeing Papua as uh, I think it's quite a uh, yeah, we can say it's a dangerous uh, zone. Uh, the government uh, mainly uh, mostly relies on the military, uh, well as well as the the police. But uh, we can see that uh, the military the military personnel are quite. Uh, are in charge there in in Papua so uh if there's any uh, actions or protests from the uh even from the uh, ordinary residents uh the protesters w- would uh face the military I- in Papua while in other parts of Indonesia uh, including Jakarta uh most protests will be handled by the uh, by the police but uh, I think there are some similarities uh, in, in recent protests that uh, authorities uh, were trying to use uh, force in in handling the, the protests. Uh, th- this is uh, this is why is, why why is the, uh, why it is so difficult in Papua because uh, it is so isolated. Uh, most uh, journalists are uh, cannot. Uh, cover as, uh, cannot cover the issues there, uh, s- uh, so we can only rely from, from the authorities while, while journalists there are facing intimidation or violation from the authorities. Uh, so, uh, yeah, w- we, we cannot really know what happened in Papua. But uh, we believe that authorities are using the same tactics both in uh, handling the the protests in Papua and Jakarta. Uh, in 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 Jakarta, where I uh, covered some of the protests, uh, police uh, tend to use uh, to shoot tear gas to disperse the protesters uh, quite early. I mean, uh there are provisions that allow protests to to uh, to be held until 6 p.m. but uh uh i think in some protests uh police uh, have shot the tear gas at uh 4:30 p.m. so uh yeah maybe they're just being reactive to to the protesters who well, well, I don't know. Uh, this we believe that the student protesters uh, were only there uh, in the on the streets to voice their demands. But uh, there are uh, unidentified people or parties who came uh, among the protesters and start doing the provocation. I mean, by throwing uh, rocks or plastic bottles. So maybe that's. Uh, that's what triggered the police to use such uh, excessive uh, force towards the protesters.
0: My understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is it's being yet led oftentimes by young people. What are sort of their? What would be some of the the triggers uh, of dissatisfaction that would lead a lot of young people to go out into the streets? Are there cultural points of dissatisfaction, so they feel that uh, with Jokowi's sort of more uh, push towards uh, Islamization, that that is driving some protesters? Are there contradictory cultural points of tension, where they feel he's not being Islamic enough? Are there economic incentives, where for young Indonesians, they feel that within the current structure of Indonesia's economy, they don't have... Um, a place where they can make enough money to support themselves are there feminist aspects of the protests where they feel the bills that are being passed do not represent women's rights are there uh, just general dissatisfaction that, that they don't really understand the government that currently controls Indonesia what are some of the issues that would drive young people to go out in the street in the first place that uh, you would need to understand uh, when covering these protests yeah uh, when
1: first uh, when first hearing about these protests we were also surprised that uh, most of the protesters uh, especially the students are mostly uh, what we call uh, generation Z or those who uh, were born after 1998 uh, it was it means they they were born after the a uh, large student protest uh, who topples the uh, Suartos uh, administration uh, of new order. So on on why uh, why these young people uh, take to the street? Uh, we believe that. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, we have yet to find the, the exact answer. I think their, their motivations are varied. But uh, the trigger was uh, the campaign on social media because some activists, uh, the focus one with, uh, mo- with many followers, have been campaigning these issues uh, for, uh, for since a long time uh, ago. Uh, in social media, they they campaigned uh, through Twitter, to uh, Instagram that the uh, freedom, uh, that the people's freedom are threatened by these bills, uh, as well as the uh, by the uh, parliament's reluctance to uh, pass the actually necessary bills. Uh, they, uh, I think they use creative ways to reach these young people so uh, when when they really uh, needs uh, need uh, supports uh, in doing this protest uh, yeah they, they really got it uh, but because when i talked to some of these uh, university students during the protest uh, they said that uh, yeah uh uh, they uh, they know uh, they knew about the issues from the social media. so, uh, so I think oh, but I, I don't uh, I don't really believe that <laughs> I personally don't don't really believe that uh, they are really concerned about the issues, but I think the campaigns on the social media really Uh, at least woke them up a bit so they can join the the march on the street against the government as well as the parliament.
0: So on that, I mean, I think what you're trying to be diplomatic about and I think is fair with a lot of protests is that there are almost these cultural events that you see people doing it and you can't maybe articulate um, clearly why you want to protest. It's just sort of a general dissatisfaction or a general sense of if people who are in your social groups are participating, this is something important. Now, to build off that very briefly for people who don't know, recently, and for many of the journalists I know in Indonesia, the few I know, but um, I think speak for very important Um, outlets or positions in Indonesian media they were extremely surprised that a young musician was arrested my understanding of the situation and you can fill us in is he was not very political not really saying anything um, uh, direct about the protest had just organized a crowdfunding website to help uh, deliver supplies to the students or for legal aid for the students. This is a very popular younger musician, so very popular with young Indonesians. He was arrested and released but it was shocking is how it registered on on the social media accounts I saw on Twitter and with the reactions of Indonesian journalists I knew. So could you talk a bit about this musician, why his case was so shocking and maybe any other insights it offers into what young Indonesians are thinking?
1: The, the young musician, uh, his name is uh, Ananda Badudu. He was a singer. Uh, he was one of the uh, duo uh, named Banda Neira. Uh, but the group uh, is disbanded now. Uh, but yeah, he was also uh, actually worked for an Indonesian media called Tempo. Uh, he was a journalist uh, but right now he's he's a a, a musician um, but yeah he 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 started this crowdfunding to support the student protests against the controversial bills and his uh, arrest was shocking because just a day earlier uh president Jokowi promised that uh, he would uh, I know I I, I forget the, the exact word, but uh, I think he he said that uh, the president would uh, guard the, democra- uh, the democracy, but just it, it happened on Friday early morning when police uh, came to his house and arrested arrested him uh, for we we didn't know yet at that time we uh, yeah we believe that uh, he was crowdfunding a protest that some authorities believe were uh, trying to topple the official government uh, and was backed by some uh, parties that yeah that was trying to uh, to uh, what, what did you make uh make president resign from his post Uh, Yeah, just a day earlier, uh, authorities uh, stated to the public that the student protests tried to uh, topple the official government and uh, delayed or even uh, cancelled the inauguration of President Jokowi on October 20. Uh, So maybe that's why uh, Ananda Badudu, was uh, apprehended by the police because he was seen of supporting these protests. But but yeah, the, but I, I think uh, the police never never stated why uh, clearly why they uh, had to uh, took uh, taken Ananda from his house to uh, for a questioning. Uh, so it's still it's still confusing what why why the police uh took him yeah but it was it was surprising because ananda never never really uh, uh was never really involved uh during the 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 protests i think uh he uh well, I, I didn't saw i didn't see him but i i think he only coordinate uh coordinated some uh, attempts for uh i mean like he he is uh, what do you say? Uh, assigned uh, assigned for supplies for these protesters, uh, or maybe uh, uh, help those who needs ambulance to to be taken to the hospital because there are injured injured students during the the clash with the uh, security forces. So yeah, uh, for for a man who. For, for, um, for a guy, for a musician who, who was quite uh, far from the politics, who only tried to uh, help students voicing uh, their demands uh, regarding these controversial bills, uh, his arrest was quite surprising.
0: So Jokowi, as he, Jokowi as he was presented in the West, um, and you ha- I'm talking only about Western media, So I'm not even talking about the Jakarta Post. I'm talking about The Guardian, The New York Times, uh, perhaps Der Spiegel, but I can't say that for sure. How he was presented is sort of as this Obama-esque figure that represented the the possibilities of pan-Indonesian democracy. So an Indonesia that could be Muslim-Christian, an Indonesian that could be a majority-minority, an Indonesia that could be rich and poor, presented as, a, as very similarly to Obama. Gradually, as I've talked to Indonesian journalists, they've said, no, that's just a very lazy comparison. But you have to remember in the West, that's how he was uh, marketed to us um, or reported on to us. So it's very confusing as someone who's consumed this image of Jokowi and is just now starting to read many more Indonesian perspectives, which I think, again, is important to go back to the beginning of our conversation of why you can't just read Western media about foreign nations. It, it sometimes doesn't work. But it's very confusing to read, oh, Obama, oh, this great beacon of democracy, oh, you know, is going to bring a new era for Indonesia And then to see these political decisions that Jakawi's government is making in West Papua, in um, Jakarta, and within uh, the legislature that seem to be very anti-democratic, weakening corruption, sending in military to do very violent responses, uh, sanctioning large-scale police actions. So I'm wondering if you could talk about this um, contradiction seemingly for Jokowi. Why was he presented, at least to through Western media, as this great beacon of democracy? And now it seems like, as he's still overwhelmingly popular in Indonesia, one re-election, why is he undergoing these measures that seem so anti-democratic?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, well... <laughs> I'm uh I'm uh, yeah I'm actually uh, currently uh, yeah I, I can say that I'm disappointed with his decision and I'm really confused on why he uh, goes this way but uh, uh, we assume that uh, uh, it, uh, it is about it, it is because uh, people are yeah, we, we can say uh, people or parties around him, because uh, I, I I mean this is more political. Yeah, uh, Jokowi is. Uh, I think it, it, it it's it's part of the political tran- uh, transaction uh, when uh, because uh, during the the last election, this uh, two thousand and nineteen election, he was. Uh, jokowi was backed by so many parties uh, so many political parties uh, and uh, well I don't know uh, this is yet confirmed but uh, we believe that uh, these uh, supports from these parties will need to be paid off uh, after the election so, uh, so yeah maybe that uh, that's what uh we can't have uh, confirmed this yet, but we believe this is a uh, part of the political transaction uh, between Jokowi and his uh, supporting parties. Uh, but not confirmed. But not confirmed. Yeah, it's only uh, it's only uh, g- gossips. But uh, well, Jokowi is uh, actually. Uh, He's true. Uh, the the first directly elected civilian leader because the the previous the previous uh, president uh, was a military man uh, so I think it's still true that the Jokowi is the face of Indonesia democracy but I think he kind of uh, forgot it recently because uh, he was surrounded by uh, other former military men and uh, there are ministers uh, who uh, sits in a very powerful position that one serve uh, in the military. Even uh, one of the coordinating uh, minister, uh, Wiranto, was accused of committing human rights uh, human rights violation in I think it's in East Timor. Uh, so um yeah there are uh, suspicions that Jokowi might be uh, influenced by uh, these people i mean uh, the decisions made by the government the positions they uh, they uh, they were uh, they are in today uh, including by uh, doing the military actions in papua uh, is uh, based on uh, is Influenced by uh, these people, once served, uh, once serve in military. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, maybe that. Uh, yeah, I think Jokowi uh, is facing a lot of pressure uh, from from the outside, uh, from especially from political parties. To uh, so he cannot really uh, make bold decision uh, to solve, uh, I mean, once uh, in his, uh, prior to his first presidential term, he promised to uh, solve human rights uh, cases, but we we haven't seen any progress on those cases, uh, because we believe the, the, the political influence of people allegedly involved in uh, human rights case was just too, too strong uh, to be, uh, too, in, uh, to be uh, too strong and stronger uh, than it influenced uh, Jokowi's decision in, in every issues, including the human rights.
0: Um, it was shocking for me, for example, to discover how much property, Billionaires in Hong Kong control. Where I I I want to say it's around seventy percent are control. Seventy percent of all real estate in Hong Kong is controlled by four families. Um, there are these huge interconnected business interests of manufacturing to retail to property to energy um, in Hong Kong. I'm wondering for when you're talking about corruption in Indonesia, what does Indonesian business look like? Is it something where the Indonesian government has very strong regulations about capital, making money, separating government from business? Or does Indonesia face a situation that might be similar to uh, a Hong Kong or a US where there are very powerful business interests who have very close links to the government and the military?
1: Yeah, well, I think it's more to the second one. Yeah, uh, that uh, some uh, yeah, it it's uh, yeah, quite. Uh, we have this oligarchy too uh, in in Indonesia, because when we talk about uh, this is uh, uh, the the history on this is. Uh, it, it has started since the new order of uh, Suarto regime. But, yeah, uh, some military people are controlling... Uh, they, they do business uh, other than uh, their jobs in the military. Like, uh, for example... Uh, yeah, I, I think it, it is safe to say this... Uh, the, the, the presidential contender uh, Jokowi's rival in the in the election uh, Prabowo Subianto Prabowo uh, he has this business of uh, oil palm plantation I think or, or any other uh, forestry or plantation business uh, in, in in several parts of Indonesia it is it, it it also uh it is also the same with uh former military men uh, around Jokowi who is serving in, in, in the cabinet now uh, there is uh, uh yeah there is Pak Luhut uh, Luhut Binsar Panjaitan. he is a coordinating minister for maritime affairs he owns a company uh well Owns a company or some uh, share of it. Uh, who, uh, which runs uh, the company runs on uh, coal mining, and yeah, major business in in, in Indonesia, especially the uh, plantations of forestry and forestry and mining uh, in Indonesia. Uh, the big ones uh, are controlled by so few people uh, that's what you call oligarchy is right uh, and these people are sits on on the government on on the minister posi- uh, min- ministry on ministry or serving some uh, other high-ranking positions on the military or uh, or other agencies who control the how the business run how the even uh, how the government runs so yeah uh it is it, it is quite a complicated and tangling issues yeah about about this oligarchy dia who I talked to who runs
0: Jakarta feminist and has been an outspoken feminist in Indonesia uh has been very adamant as have other uh, uh women and men that this these protests are not about sex. That uh, in numerous Western media outlets, I think particularly in Australia, where Australia has this very toxic relationship with Indonesia because of its mining interests, but also its tourism interests, because a huge amount of money is made through Bali and presenting Bali internationally, but especially to the Australian market as this place where you can go and have sex, where you can go and get drunk, you can party. And so, in some Australian media outlets uh, and other Western media outlets, they've tried to say, oh, this is about sex because there's um, uh, laws that, to, to simply put, try to govern um, LGBTQ or that comment on sex outside of marriage for Indonesians. Uh, for Indonesian citizens, not for tourists. So I I bring that up to say to you in covering these protests and being an Indonesian journalist, what are some of the um, mistakes that Western media often makes when covering Indonesia? These historical questions we've talked about, you have to know that military and business often work together in Indonesia or in covering West Papua, having to know that the decision of West Papua to become part of Indonesia is very contested. This this uh, coverage of the protests in Jakarta, which, as you said, cover corruption, cover fears about democracy, cover um, general dissatisfaction, I think is how you put it. But there are these um, interest groups online who will say that it's about certain specific things. Why do you think when it comes to Western media, we'll get these very complicated discussions simplified into sex, sex ban? And why do you think in Western media, they've done such a poor job in covering um, something like West Papua? I I just, I guess want to get your general thoughts on anything you think Western media has done well, or things that you would Try to, as a teacher or as someone who has had to, um, who who has the lived experience of doing journalism in Indonesia, that you think Western media could really improve upon as it covers these protests.
1: Yeah, I, I was also infuriated by uh, those Western media headlines saying that the students take to the street to protest against uh, what non non-marital sexual bill. It is actually more, more than that yeah uh, because the criminal code uh, threatens the again this freedom of speech and lgbt rights for example and even the homelessness because uh if if it is passed uh, it can punish homeless uh, to pay some uh 1 million uh, 1 million rupiah fines well they are actually poor and doesn't have that mon- uh, much money but the point is uh, yeah uh, the uh, I think uh, those western medias can uh, yeah i i understand that uh, they have their their, their bias uh, in covering indonesia that. Uh, maybe maybe those uh uh waves of islamization uh, recently uh, uh put our country in a more uh, well, or, or, or just the uh i i just want to say that maybe the media wants to uh to put indonesia that uh, that we are becoming more uh islamic becoming more conservative uh but it actually more than that. I mean, we we, we find a bigger issue here. Uh, we we fight bigger issues about about freedom. Uh, so, I think they should uh, uh, spend more time to understand uh, more context and probably uh, understand more about uh, of our issues here. Uh, I mean, uh, for thirty two years we are we were ruled by uh, this authoritarian uh, government. So when in when Suharto resigned in 1998, we really celebrated it uh, as uh, or I don't know. I personally call it the the second uh, independence for the Indonesian people because we finally have our freedom again. Freedom of press, of speech. Uh, we, we, we did not, we did not need to be scared of being uh, abducted, or uh, our crit- uh, criticisms against the governments. This is what we try to defend uh, through this uh, protest, through this uh, action. So, I think this. It is unfair for Western media to frame us for only fighting uh, for uh, for non-marital sex uh, bill and and others. Oh yeah, I, I forgot to mention that uh, the students' protest in Jakarta also try uh, also voice a demand for the uh, House of Representatives to immediate uh, to soon pass. A bill on sexual violence that would provide more uh, protection uh, for the victims of sexual abuse and would punish uh, sexual abuser with more punishment. Uh, this is what we need. Uh, this is urgent to be passed, I believe, because I mean uh, we need to provide more protection, uh, legal protection. Uh, against women because they have been um, uh, they have been seen as uh, as an object uh, until recently. Uh, so yeah it is unfair uh, again, I, I would say it is unfair for Western media to say that we are only facing uh, fighting against the non-marital sex bill because these controversial bills, Actually, threatens our freedoms. Uh, We don't want to go back to the authoritarian regime, so that's why we take it to the students and some of us actually take it to the street to protest against the government and the house of representatives.
0: Thank you. That was a very uh, clear uh, explanation, and uh, yeah, I think it's important to stand up for what we believe in. I think oftentimes you're not rewarded for that. You're punished um, for standing up what you believe in because usually someone is telling you what you can and can't believe. So if you say, I believe something different, usually they're going to try to make you think like they do. Um, So I know how difficult and how brave that is for people to do, particularly when they're putting their bodies on the line like they are in West Papua and uh, throughout uh, Indonesia. So the last question I wanted to ask you, Kuka, is what do you think the future for West Papua and the Jakarta protests are? And I know the protests are happening throughout Indonesia, but those are the two perhaps more in- most intense areas. What do you think is going to happen in West Papua and Jakarta? And then do you see Indonesia as part of a larger story for what you've maybe read about in Hong Kong or New Zealand or Mauna Kea, or Egypt. Um, so, what's going to happen with the protests, and is it part of a larger story, um, as far as you can, as as you believe? What do you think about this question of the larger story?
1: I initially thought that uh, these protests in Indonesia, especially in Jakarta and Papua, might not be related to. Uh, might not be related or directly connected to the ones uh, happening in Hong Kong or uh, other countries. But yeah, I, I think uh, if we are going to find the, uh, the, connecting, uh, the connecting lines, it, it's that uh, people are people uh, across the globe, uh, especially in Indonesia, especially the younger generations. Uh, may have uh, awakened uh, more awakened to the uh, to issues that are actually important and necessary to them. I mean, like uh, yeah, a Generation Z or a younger generation uh, has been um, has been seen as the passive generation that uh, on will only uh, do the uh, collectivism or such as uh, you know feeling filling uh, petitions or donating some monies without really uh, taking the protest to the street. But uh, I think these protests in Jakarta and Papua uh, is the same. uh, it shows that uh, today's people uh, will really uh, fight for... uh, Whatever cause they support, they they will they would uh, they will be re- willing to go to the streets to voice their uh their opinions to voice their demands, uh whenever their freedoms uh are threatened. So I think uh in the future maybe we 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 will see more protests or uh riots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wish that it would not go to a riot, uh, but in Papua, things will uh, will not settle down completely. Yeah, uh, re- recently, I mean, uh, I think there will still be uh, protests uh, voicing um, more fair uh, more fairness against Papuans to stop. Um, Especially Indonesian government's uh, discriminative actions against against them, uh, and yeah, who knows that the uh, voices on independence will grow. But yeah, I think the protest will continue in 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 Papua, but for Jakarta, when uh, their demands were actually uh, fulfilled on the bills uh, because the the house. Uh, several days ago, uh, the House announced that they will postpone the deliberation of the controversial bills. But uh, if you read some of the Jakarta Post report, r- reports, there are actually seven demands from the student protesters, and most of them are yet to be fulfilled. So I think the, the uh, st- student uh, students will continue to protest uh, for at least several days uh, and maybe um, maybe they will they will change their uh, target uh, from the House of Representatives to the presidents directly I mean like uh, they have been doing it in front of the parliamentary complex uh, compound uh, but I think uh, they will they will uh, if, if the, uh, the House won't, uh, won't accept them for discussion or for, for, for a dialogue, maybe they will move to, they will change to uh, uh, the target so they will protest against the president directly. Uh, but, but, but yeah, we, we should see where, where, this, uh, where, where this will go on.